What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 40 of the Tom Shifflett Podcast. I am your host, Tom Shifflett. We got NFL Week 2 to recap, and then we'll look forward to Monday Night Football between the New Orleans Saints and the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. So let's jump right into it. First game that we'll get into, the Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers. They went 26-21 to over the Denver Broncos. Uh man. This game was pretty frustrating. We'll just go through the numbers real quick. So Big Ben on the day, 29-41, 311 yards, two touchdowns, one really stupid interception. It was completely unnecessary for him to throw it, especially at the time of the game when he threw it. It was 17-6 to at the time. Forced the ball to Juju for no reason on third and long, and it got Denver right back in the game. James Conner, he had 16 carries, 106 yards, one touchdown. Most of his damage was on the final drive. He railed off. He ripped off like a 60-yard run there to close it out. This game got way too close for Cuffert, and uh, it's, just, it's just frustrating. And Deontay Johnson, he had eight receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. Him and Ben look like they're building quite quite the chemistry here, and it's it looks like it's going to be a nice scary duo. And Chase Claypool, the rookie out of Notre Dame, second-round pick, he had three receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Most of those yards was on an 84-yard score that he had. And then Juju Smith-Schuster had seven receptions for 48 yards. The defense was really good at times. They had seven sacks, 19 quarterback hits. They had a safety. They had a fumble, and they had an interception. But they had seven penalties that led to seven Denver Bronco first downs. And... You know, Bud Dupree takes Drew Locke out on a strip sack fumble early on in the game. Jeff Driscoll comes in, and he does a pretty good job. He keeps Denver competitive. It keeps him in the game. He goes 18 for 34, 256 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Melvin Gordon on the ground. He had 19 carries for 70 yards. Cortland Sutton, three receptions, 66 yards. He leaves the game early with an apparent knee injury. And then I'll I'll wrap up all of, all of the injuries to get through because there was a shit ton yesterday. It was an absolute bloodbath yesterday. So we got a lot of injuries to get through. And then Jerry Judy, he had another just hit or miss game. He had a couple flashes. He had four receptions, 62 yards, but still he a couple drops, just complete mental errors. He got blew up in the middle of the field by Devin Bush on a catch. And he's just, he's just not there yet. And he's, he's, he's really raw. So it's give it time, but Denver is going to need him to grow up quickly because Cortland Sutton, it looks like he's going to be out for a while. So Jerry Judy really needs to step up, especially if Drew Locke is going to be out for a significant amount of time. Jeff Driscoll needs all the help he can get. So a couple things. So the Steelers looked really good at points, and then they looked really bad. Ben was, his numbers looked good, but still, he's still not completely back yet. He's still trying to figure out everything, get into a rhythm. So, you know. You take it week by week with him. The running game was okay. It was 
it was pretty bad at times. Most of the damage, I said, came on that one run towards the end where Connor had about a 60-yard run. Benny Snell, he fumbled the ball, and now he's got two fumbles and 22 carries this season. So I know I was talking about how he should be the lead guy, but that's not that's not lead back stuff. Two two fumbles, 22 carries, that's just that's not going to get it done. So they split. They said going into the game, Mike Tomlin said that him and James Connor were going to split the carries 50-50. That didn't happen at all. Connor dominated the touches. He just looked really good, so there was no reason for them to have a running back by committee there. But the defense, man, it looks really dominant in stretches. The front seven is flying around. I was saying, I was previewing the game on Friday that Denver has only allowed five sacks since Drew Locke has taken over, and he was just under siege the entire game. It knocked him out of the game. Jeff Driscoll, there was just pressure in his face nonstop. So his defense, it's it's really good. It's just they had a lot of boneheaded mental lapses yesterday that just made this game way too competitive, way too close for comfort. Denver was driving down. They were inside of Pittsburgh's 30 when Terrell Edmonds gets a sack on fourth and two to stop them, and they get away with a win there. But all that matters is that they get the W. So a couple little quick things from this game. So I mentioned rookie Chase Claypool's 84-yard touchdown. That was the longest touchdown by a Canadian-born player in NFL history. So that was pretty cool. TJ Watt. 38 sacks since 2017. He's second in that span. So TJ Watt was dominant again yesterday. He is he was so close to getting his second interception of the season. He had two and a half sacks yesterday. Again, I called it he's going to be a defensive player of the year. And if he keeps playing half the half as good as he's playing right now, just go ahead and send him the trophy now. Big Ben, he made history twice yesterday. He passed Eli Manning for eighth most in touchdown passes with 366. He moved past Eli to seventh in pass yards all time with 57,023 yards. And then this is just a quick little thing that NFL Research posted and I thought was pretty interesting. So Big Ben, he had a 100-plus passer rating so far the first two games of the season. Now, this is the fourth time in his career he's done that. The previous three times, Pittsburgh made the Super Bowl. So... Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Based on this stat, absolutely. So there it is. Just as I predicted, the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. And this just uh, this statistic just backs me up even more. I picked Pittsburgh on that one, so... Winning. Perfect. Second game we'll get into. The Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee takes that one 33-30. This game was... This was a really fun game. So we'll get into the statistics real quick. So Ryan Tannehill... He was 18-24, 239 yards, four touchdowns. Derrick Henry, I was talking about how this is going to be a crazy Derrick Henry game. He's going to go ballistic. I gave you all the stuff he's been doing to him the last three games. He's been absolutely murdering Jacksonville, but they did a pretty good job of keeping him under wraps. He was 25 carries, 84 yards. He was averaging less than 3.5 yards a carry. So Jacksonville did a really good job yesterday, and... They played really good in the second half because it looked like Tennessee was starting to pull away, and then Jacksonville just hung around, man. Gardner Minshew, 30 out of 45, 339 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, but still, as I the stat I brought up on Friday, he's 1-5 now following a 100-pass rating in the previous game, so 
Gardner Minshew looked really good. I'm glad I put him in my starting lineup this week. I was I was sweating it out. I was pretty nervous, but he got me 35 points. I'm absolutely dominating, and I still have Alvin Kamara to go tonight. So I'm supposed to get like 200 points. So it is a bounce back week for sure for your boy. James Robinson on the ground for Jacksonville. He had 16 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. He was just under 7 yards a carry. Uh, DJ Shark Jr., he kind of got it going a little bit, a lot better than he did the past seven games. He had four receptions for 84 yards. So, Tennessee in this. They are 9-0 and when Derrick Henry has 25-plus carries. And Derrick Henry now, he has 11 straight games with at least 80 scrimmage yards. So, again, the thing that plagued Tennessee for a couple years was that they just didn't give Derrick Henry the ball enough. And it was very frustrating to watch because... I knew Derrick Henry was this fucking good. All you had to do was give him the ball, and Matt LaFleur absolutely refused. So it's good to see him get all of his touches. It's good to see that he is he's a workhorse, man. You just got to give him the goddamn ball. Gardner Minshew, he made a history for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minshew became the first quarterback in franchise history with three touchdowns in three straight games. Jacksonville, they dominated this game, honestly. If you look at the stat sheet, they led in total yards, pass yards, rush yards, time of possession, third down percentage. It came down to two turnovers by Jacksonville, zero for Tennessee. So they did a really good job of taking care of the ball. And Tannehill, he still looks pretty good. I'm waiting for him to kind of come back down to earth. It hasn't happened yet, so I don't know, man. Tennessee, they look they look good offensively. And this was that without A.J. Brown yesterday, too. I mean, Johnny Smith had two touchdowns yesterday. The offense looks good. The defense, ugh. Defense is shaky, man. And I don't know. Maybe it'll take some time to figure some stuff out. I don't know. But it didn't look that great Monday night against the Broncos. Drew Locke missed a lot of plays. The offense missed a lot of plays in general. Fumbles, drops, whatever. Bailed Tennessee out. This one, Minshew had two kind of... He kind of forced the ball twice, led to interceptions, let Tennessee off the hook. So, I don't know. Tennessee, at the end of the day, they are 2-0. and So, I did pick Tennessee on that one. So, winning. All right. We'll move on to Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers. Tampa Bay wins this one 31-17. Tom Brady, 23-35, 2-17, touchdown, one pick. Leonard Fournette, the guy that they got for free, had 12 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones Jr., he had seven carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown himself. Mike Evans, seven receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Gronkowski, Jesus Christ, man. That guy is seriously, he's moving like the undertaker. It is really painful to watch, and I I don't know what what is going on. So he only had one target Sunday. And game one, he only had a handful of targets. So I don't know. It's Gronk looks like a guy who hasn't played in a year and a half. And I, I don't know if he gets into the rhythm. I, I don't know because I know Tom Brady loves his tight ends, but Bruce Arians hates tight ends. He hates tight ends. His offenses, they are not too fond of tight ends. So I don't I don't know what happens from here. I hope people don't even think about playing Gronkowski in fantasy whatsoever. My brother texted me. He was like, should I play Gronk? And I was like, no, don't play Gronk. He's moving like The Undertaker. He moved like Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania like 30. It's it's really bad, and I feel bad for the guy. He's it's like he's, he's busting his ass, and it's weird because everyone said how great he looked in camp, but he just does not look good right now. And 
For the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, he was pretty bad most of the day. Once Tampa Bay got up a couple touchdowns, they went in prevent mode, and then Teddy Bridgewater started to get some points, and he started to move the ball a little bit and get some yards. He was 33-42 on the day, 367 yards and two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey, 18 carries, 59 yards, two touchdowns. He had four receptions and 29 yards. He left with an ankle injury, so... I'll update you on that once I get to the injury report at the end of this. DJ Moore, he had eight catches, 120 yards. Robbie Anderson, nine receptions, 109 yards. Uh, for Carolina, man, they've now lost 10 games in a row. They have they have 14 straight games of giving up 20-plus points. Both of those are franchise records. But when you look at this, I mean, Carolina, like Jacksonville, they led in total yards, pass yards, yards per play. Time of possession, third down position. Carolina, four turnovers. Tampa Bay, two turnovers. So, again, you lose a turnover battle, you're going to lose the game nine times out of ten. I picked Tampa Bay on that one. So, again, winning. I get that. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, boy, man. Rams win this one 37-19. Jared Goff looked really, really sharp yesterday. Goff was 20-27, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Daryl Henderson, he looked like he could be a number one running back for the Rams here. He looked really good yesterday. 12 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, five receptions, 81 yards. Tyler Higby, though, had yourself a day. He had three touchdowns. There's nothing Philadelphia could have done against him. So if you had Tyler Higby in your fantasy lineup, congratulations. You won this week. Carson Wentz, man, uh, bad. Just bad. Uh, I'm a Carson Wentz guy, but I think it's time to start having a discussion about just if he is the kind of quarterback that I think he is and that Philadelphia thinks he is because just the stuff you're watching the past two weeks, not even the past two weeks, like last season, going into this season, it's just bad reads and then when he finds the open guy he's just under throwing it the ball placement's terrible it's just it's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about with Baker Mayfield we're talking we should be talking about it with Carson Wentz as well so and I know that offensive line isn't any good but still when he has time in the pocket he's still not delivering the ball so Wentz was 26 of 43 242 yards two picks he had a rushing touchdown so he breaks a 20 game streak he had with a passing touchdown that was the most in the NFL at the time. Miles Sanders, his first game back from injury. He had 20 carries, 95 yards, a touchdown, a fumble loss. So it looks like fumbles are still going to be a problem for Miles Sanders. That was a real big problem for him last year. Would figure he'd clean it up this year, but it doesn't appear. So Deshaun Jackson led the Eagles in receiving. He had six receptions for 64 yards. Zach Ertz, five catches for 42 yards. So the Rams dominated this game from the jump. They led total yards, pass yards, rush yards, yards per play, time of possession, third down percentage, turnover battle. Man, and what I was talking about on Friday. So now Sean McVay is now 5-0 and when his Rams travel to the 1 o'clock Eastern time zone. They snap a six-game losing streak to Philadelphia. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know, I don't know what the Eagles do. Um, it just doesn't look good. And I, I didn't know if against Washington last week was just like anomaly or something, but it's the same problems crept up for them. So I, I really don't know what they're going to do. And their defense was just not good at all. And McVay looks like he's got a nice core 
of talented weapons around Jared Goff. The line is keeping him upright. Last year, he was kind of skittish back there. He was getting hit more than he has in his career, so he looked a little rough. It looks like they got a nice plethora of weapons, and McVay's system is top-notch, and he actually has some guys who can flourish in it, so Rams look really good, and I... I wasn't too high on them to begin the year. I think I said they were going to go 6-10, and 10 and they were going to be mediocre, but they look really good right now, and I I kind of feel stupid, but it's still, it's two weeks into the season. Who knows? Jared Goff could turn into a pumpkin. I still think that guy is not very good, but he's proven me wrong so far, so hopefully he can keep it up, and we'll see, man. That NFC West is really, really fun, and Rams have a chance to make a move here because... As we're going to get into here with the San Francisco 49ers, they are dealing with some shit here. And, oh, I picked the L.A. Rams, so that's another winning for me there. I was I was on fire on the 1 o'clock slate. I was on fire all day yesterday with my picks. It was a really good week for picks. So we'll get into the next game. San Francisco 49ers 31, the New York Jets 13. Ugh. So for this one, San Francisco, man, they won the game, but at what fucking cost? Jimmy G, Sex Grossman, he was actually pretty good yesterday. 14 to 16, 131 yards, two touchdowns. He left in the second quarter. Turns out he has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. So that is rough, man. Nick Mullins it was in there, and boy, it was really, really bad. And then Raheem Mostert, he started the game off with a bang. First play of the game, he goes 80 yards on a sweep. He was eight carries, 92 yards. Yeah, with that long touchdown. Then he leaves in the second quarter. Turns out he has an MCL sprain. He's going to be out a couple weeks. They still don't know the timetable for that. So, oh, so brutal. Um, one of the bright spots on offense was Jordan Reed. Good to see him back healthy. He's had 6,000 concussions, man. And he thought he was going to retire, but doctors said he can come back and play. He had two receiving touchdowns yesterday. So this was a crazy stat that I saw. So only Antonio Brown has multiple touchdown reception games since 2015 with eight. Jordan Reed has seven. That's insane. He was a high caliber pro bowl tight end when he was with Washington and just injuries and concussions, man, just completely robbed him of a really promising career, but hopefully he can turn it around with San Francisco with George Kittle being out for a little bit. Jordan Reed has all those targets to eat because they're not throwing to any wide receivers. So they got Muhammad Sanu activated yesterday. He didn't even get a target. So man, San Francisco, rough. And then they lose Nick Bosa. He confirmed Torrey ACL. He's done for the year. Solomon Thomas, he hurt his knee. They're still waiting back for MRI results. They know it's not an ACL. It looks like he probably sprained his MCL. So... Just a horrible day for San Francisco, man. Horrible day for everybody in general, injury-wise. But San Francisco got fucking hit the hardest, man. And a lot of complaints are about that turf there at Midlife Stadium. So I don't know what they do to fix that, but that was that was really bad, man. San Francisco is in some trouble. They are in some deep, deep trouble. Luckily, yesterday they were playing the Jets. Sam Darnold, I what do you want? What do you want me to talk about here? He was twenty-one to thirty-two, one hundred and seventy-nine yards, a touchdown. It's just, uh, there's nothing else really to say. It's just, it's not good. This is what was I saying on Friday? This is, oh, what was it like? Sixteen consecutive games where he has 
below 250 yards and at least a pick. He didn't throw a pick at least, but he still he was under 200 yards. Just it's not good, man. Frank Gore, 21 carries, 63 yards. So yesterday he officially became the oldest player to have 20 plus carries in NFL history. He is 37 years and 129 days years old. So holy shit, man. Frank Gore. I was just watching his son is a true freshman. I was watching him the other day, and I was like, holy shit, Frank Gore is still carrying the football in the NFL. Crazy, man. And I I think Frank Gore's a Hall of Fame player. Just if you look from longevity alone, I know it didn't blow you away with the statistics, but I'd, I'd put him in there. I mean, he's probably going to play another two or three years. It's fucking insane. Only bright spot, really, for the Jets was Frank Gore. Chris Hogan, he had six receptions for 75 yards. Broxton Barrios, he had six for 59, and the lone touchdown Darnell threw. The Jets stink, man. I I don't know what else to say. <laughs> They're really bad, and I feel really bad for Trevor Lawrence because he's possibly, he's most likely going to the Jets, and, uh, God, and Sam Darnold, I don't know what Sam Darnold does. He's just, he's just not good enough. It's, it is what it is, man, and that's, I have to apologize to Josh Allen, who we'll get ready to talk here for a second, but I'm I apologize. I thought Sam Darnold was going to be better than Josh Allen. I just didn't see it with Josh Allen. I see, you know, he's got the big arm, but he just didn't look like he has the finesse or the capability of being a real pocket passer or a real NFL quarterback. And he's proven me wrong so far two weeks into the season. So, man. But I got my San Francisco pick right, so. Winning. Yep. Bills, they win 31-28 to over the Miami Dolphins. So this game... It looked like it was going to be a blowout. Josh Allen had it working. He was killing them. He went 24-35, 417 yards. His first 400-yard passing game. He had four touchdowns. He also had four carries at 18 yards. Devin Singletary, seven carries, 56 yards. Zach Moss, eight eight carries for 37 yards. Their newest acquisition, Stefan Diggs, eight receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Then you had John Brown. He added 82 yards on four catches. And Cole Beasley added 70 yards on five catches. Bill's offense looks really good through two weeks. And I know they played the Jets. I know they played the Dolphins. You can't take too much away from that. But still, they're producing. They look really good. Allen looks really sharp. So, again, I said he's a train wreck and he's a disaster. And I wouldn't bet anything on him. But they're first place in the AFC East right now. They're two games. But they look good. <laughs> they look good. Um, kind of rubbing it in my face, but I'm still waiting for Josh Allen to turn into a pumpkin. It's probably going to happen, and I'll be here to laugh and say, I told you so, I told you so. But this game got really close towards the end. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, like I said last week, they're never out of a game really because he's just going to sling the ball around. He does not give a shit. He was 31-47, 328 yards, two touched. Matt Breida, seven carries, 37 yards. Mike Gusecki, though, whew, eight receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown. Devontae Parker is finally back. Devontae Parker, he had five catches, 53 yards, and a two-yard touchdown. Buffalo, I was just talking about their offense. They had 524 total yards yesterday. They were just under 10 yards per play. Absolutely crazy, man. And Josh Allen, he is the first Bill since Drew Bledsoe back in 2002 to have back-to-back 300 passing yard games. That just says how dreadful the Bills have been at quarterback from like J.P. Lossman and E.J. Manuel and who was it? Kyle Orton was there for a little bit and... Who else was there that was really, really bad? 
I just remember JP Lossman was really bad. Doug Flutie played like he was like 42 and he was still playing for the Bills because that's how shitty they were. So good for Bills Mafia. They're 2 and 0 right now and I mean, this looks like a playoff team. This looks like a playoff team. They look really good. They look like one of the better teams in the AFC through two weeks. So let's see if they keep it going. I, I, I doubt it, but if they keep playing the Jets and the Dolphins every week, they're going to the fucking Super Bowl. I picked the Bills on that one, so give me that Winning. one. Yep, Indianapolis Colts. They went 28-11 over the Minnesota Vikings. I picked the Vikings on this one. Just stupid idiots. I know, I know. I'm a dumbass. Phillip Rivers, though, he finally beats a Mike Zimmer coach team. He was 0 for 5 coming in. Rivers on the day was 19 to 25, 214 yards, one touchdown. Of course, he played, so he had to throw an interception. Jonathan Taylor, though, he looked really good. The rookie running back out of Wisconsin, he had 26 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Mo Ali Cox was the leading receiver for the Colts. He had five catches, 111 yards. T.Y. Hilton, him and Phillip Rivers still just have not gotten on the same page. It's very, very frustrating. It's the T.Y. Hilton owner. He had five targets yesterday, three catches, 28 yards. He dropped a perfect 44-yard touchdown potentially and. That just went right through his wickets. I don't I don't know. Maybe T.Y. T. Hilton's way too talented to keep this up, so he'll turn it around. Colts offense, it's looked really good, so it just sucks that their defense took quite a hit. We'll get to that later on as I've been talking about with the injury report because there is a lot to get to. But for the Vikings, ugh, pathetic. I just, pathetic. Just really bad. Kirk Cousins, yeesh. Ugh. 11 for 26, 113 yards, Three interceptions and a safety. He has given up a safety in two straight games now. Just what the, what are you doing? Dalvin Cook, 14 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown. They went away from him way too early. Just Cousins force feeding Adam Thielen. So eight targets, three of them were caught for 31 yards. It's just, he was just force feeding Thielen and it led to three interceptions. Just no good. Justin Jefferson, three catches, 44 yards. Just Minnesota, 175 total yards. Uh, they had a, <laughs> they had less than a hundred passing yards and rushing yards. They were under four yards per play. Just, just bad, man. Bad, 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 bad. Indianapolis is the only active NFL team Minnesota hasn't beaten on the road. That's a crazy stat. Minnesota is 0-11 lifetime against the Colts on the road. That's fucking bonkers. And then Philip Rivers, he made history. He tied Fran Tarkenton for eighth most wins all time with 124 so good for you phil next game we'll get into aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers they went 42 to 21 over matthew stafford and the detroit lions aaron Rodgers, he kind of came back down to earth after that insane madden game he had against minnesota he was 18 to 30 240 yards two touchdowns still people would slit their throats to get a stat line like that and people were like oh it's pedestrian that's how good aaron Rodgers is aaron jones yesterday whoo boy as an Aaron Jones fantasy owner, I was happy as shit yesterday, man. He had 45 points fantasy. It was so good, man. 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns, 9.3 yards per carry. That's insane. That's that's video game numbers. And then he added four receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Jones looked so, so good yesterday, man. Uh, that's really, that was Green Bay's offense was Aaron Jones. I just told you everything that they did. Matthew Stafford, 20 out of 33, 240 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Adrian Peterson, seven carries, 41 yards. Kerryon Johnson, eight carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. 
DeAndre Swift, five carries, 12 yards, but he did have five receptions in 60 yards, so it looks like he's going to be the third down back kind of playmaker out of the backfield. TJ Hawkinson, he had four catches, 62 yards. Marvin Jones Jr., four catches, 23 yards. They should be getting Kenny Galladay back next week, so that should help Stafford out a lot, but it's just Detroit's not very good, and that's, uh, you know, Green Bay, they led every single statistic Time of possession was 34-46 to 25-14 for Detroit. So Detroit didn't have the ball enough. And when they did have the ball, they didn't do shit with it. So, But at one point, they were up by double digits. And then Aaron Rodgers started to turn on a little bit. And then before you know it, they're down 42-21. to So now Detroit is 2-7-1 and with a 10-point lead since 2019. That is by far the worst record. Again, it just gets back to just shitty, shitty head coaching by Matt Pizzeria to Pat's Pizza. That's what I'm going to call him, fat slob. Pat, Matt Patricia is a dog shit head coach. He's bad. He is really bad. And I'd say he's probably the worst coach in the league, but Bill O'Brien still has a job. So Adam Gase still has a job, actually. So that's that's the worst coach in football. But Matt Patricia, he is really, really bad. And again, it's just a guy, a part of that Belichick coaching tree, which is garbage. Now that we talk, can we like, can we give up on the Bill Belichick coaching tree? It's not that good, man. It's not good. It's okay, man. Bill Belichick, he's the greatest coach of all time. That doesn't mean the guys who worked for him are going to be the greatest head coaches either. They haven't been very good. And it's just, I don't know what Detroit is doing. They went out and said that 9-7 and seven isn't good enough, so they fired Jim Caldwell. And then this dipshit with his number two pencil that he has in his ear. For what? You have a laminated scan sheet, dog. What are you going to do with a number two pencil? It makes me so goddamn mad. I, ugh. That's part of the reason I didn't like Matt Patricia. When I saw that, I was like, I don't like this guy. And then he's a really bad head coach, so whatever, man. Detroit gets whatever they deserve. So this was the sixth time Green Bay has started 2-0 and in the Aaron Rodgers era. And of the previous five, they made the playoffs four out of the five years. Green Bay, the eighth team in the Super Bowl era to score 40-plus points in the first two games. The last two to do so made the Super Bowl, the 2009 Saints and the 13 Denver Broncos. This is the third time in the Rodgers era that Green Bay has scored 40-plus points in back-to-back games. The previous two times, 2011 and 2014, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. So, whew, they look good, man. When I was talking before the season started, this is this might be an Aaron Rodgers just fuck you season. I still got it. I heard you guys talking shit. You're raving about everybody else. Don't think I got it anymore. Fuck you guys. I'm going to set the world on fire here, and he's been coming out red hot, so... Those Green Bay Packers, man, looks like Matt LaFleur is starting to figure it out. Just get the hell out of the way, let Aaron Rodgers do it, and give the ball to Aaron Jones, goddammit. It's kind of frustrating when Aaron Jones has it the way he does, and then Jamal Williams just enters the game, and you're like, what are you doing? This is Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry all over again. I I nearly lost my voice every Sunday yelling at Matt LaFleur when he would put Deion Lewis in, like inside the 20, in the red zone over Derrick Henry. Just, ugh. Don't even get me started on that. But Aaron Jones, really good. Give him the ball all the time. Just that's all you got to do. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and you're good. I picked Green Bay in that one in a landslide, so. Winning. Got it. Dallas. Man, this game. Holy shit. What a game, huh? So Dallas, they went 40-39 to against Atlanta. <sighs> Where to begin with this game? So we'll just get through the numbers real quick. Dak Prescott on the day. 34-47, 450 yards, one touchdown. He had three rushing touchdowns on five carries, and he had one fumble loss. 
Ezekiel Elliott, 22 carries, 89 yards, one touchdown, and a fumble lost. CeeDee Lamb, six receptions, 106 yards. Amari Cooper, six receptions, 100 yards. They trailed 20 to nothing at one point. Dallas, Kellen Moore, Jesus Christ, man. So <laughs> they ran the ball 11 out of 15 first plays. 11 out of 15. So vanilla. That's what I was complaining about last week, last Monday, when I was talking about the Rams-Cowboys game. I said the offense looked really vanilla. They need to open it up more. They did in the second half. It took them to be down 20 points for them to actually open it up and be an offense because, I mean, Dak Prescott, I I predicted he was going to win the passing title, and he looked goddamn incredible yesterday, and no one could stay in front of those wide receivers. That three-headed monster there, like, CeeDee Lamb is just abusing slot corners right now, and he's only going to get better. I just, Dallas's defense is terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, Matt Ryan was 24-36, 273 yards, four touchdowns. Two of them went to Calvin Ridley, who had seven catches, 109 yards. Julio, though, he had two catches for 24 yards. I was talking about on Friday how he has the second most yards per game against a team in the Super Bowl era, and he had two catches for 24 yards. It's kind of a puzzling day for Julio, but he does that every once in a while where you look at the statue and you're like, what the hell, how did you... How did you not dominate this game? But Todd Gurley had 21 carries, 61 yards. It's I don't I don't understand how Dan Quinn has a job. I really don't. He should have been fired last year, but they went on a nice little run at the end. They're like, oh, you know what? You're not that bad. You are. You're an idiot. You're a horrible head coach, dude. I man, I I don't know what. The play that was just how you should have been fired immediately. Like they should have just were like, all right, man, just take your headset off. Just go home the rest of this. Like, that onside kick was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And you have to think and investigate them for trying to throw games because that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. The ball went 15 yards and nobody picked it up. Six guys just looked at it and was like, nah, I'm not going to pick it up. And then Dallas gets the ball on an onside kick. What the f- What are you doing? Uh, you don't feel an onside kick? It's just fucking ridiculous, man. Dallas had 570 yards. It was incredible. How do you lose? How do you score 39 points and you don't turn over the goddamn ball and you lose? That is so Atlanta Falcons, man. Matt Ryan, 0-7 now in September and October row games since 2017. Atlanta is so embarrassing, man. I feel so bad for Atlanta fans. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is the biggest, like choke job since that Super Bowl that Atlanta had and it's just it's really bad dude so Dak Prescott he made some Cowboys history and some actual NFL history yesterday so he tied Troy Aikman with the second most 300 passing yard games in Cowboy history with 13 Dak Prescott became the first player in NFL history to have 300 plus passing yards and three touchdowns in a game and he did that just in the second half he did it in the second half of the game he didn't even he took the first half off essentially Absolutely insane, man. Atlanta, they're the first team ever to lose a game scoring 39-plus points and zero fucking turnovers. Do you know how insane it is that they lost that? Teams prior to this game were 440 and zero, and you lost, dude. Like, it doesn't get more embarrassing than, than the Atlanta Falcons. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. I just don't get it. 440 and zero was the record. For 39 points, zero turnovers. And they lose. And they lose, man. That is so Atlanta. How do you play next week? 
I just how does Dan Quinn get in front of them and go, Hey, good game, guys. Like, we'll get him next week. Dude, I'm not listening to anything you say. Go away, dude. Another guy. Another guy who's bald and he wears a sun visor. You should know that already. No. You cannot be a head coach. Sorry. Nope. Can't do it. So Atlanta, figure it out. I don't know I don't know what else to tell you. Get your shit together. Horrible. Horrible. I did pick ta- Dallas, so Weedon Boys. Winning. Perfect. Next game on the slot. This absolute barn burner here. Chicago Bears, 17. New York Giants, 13. Oh, man. This game was nobody gave a shit once Saquon went down. It looked bad. You knew it was bad. As soon as he went down, you're like, fuck, man. This guy tore his ACL. That's it, man. That's that's it, man. Man, fuck! It was bad. It was really bad. And it just, I, I turned the game off. I, I didn't want to watch another second of it. It's just the cloud that just hung over this game, man. I just didn't care anymore. Um, Trubisky, 18-28, 109 yards, two touch, 190 yards, sorry, two touchdowns, two picks. David Montgomery, seven carries, 82 yards, three receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. He led Chicago in both those categories. Allen Robinson, nine targets, three receptions, 33 yards. So I understand why he is frustrated and he's talking to management about trades and then he'll say, I'm not asking for a trade. I don't know. If I'm him, I'm getting the hell out of there. I am running away from Mitchell Trubisky as quickly as possible. But if the price is right, I'm sure he'll stay there for the money. Just uh, the Giants, well, I mean, what's there to talk about? Saquon, you know, Torres ACL, he's done for the year. Daniel Jones continues to give the ball away like it's his job. Jones on the day was 25 of 40, 241 yards, one interception, one funnel fumble lost. He now has 27 giveaways in his career since last year, so just rough and just no ball security whatsoever. And just, I don't know, man, he shows flashes, and then, you know, he kind of just does what he does yesterday, and you're just kind of like, eh. Chicago led 17-0 at the half. They kind of, Trubisky kind of, shit the bed in the second half and make it kind of close but this game sucked it really sucked i picked the bears they won so winning good for me we'll get into arizona cardinals 30 washington red oops see i almost fucking did it again i said last week it's really gonna kick my ass and there it is again arizona 30 the washington football team 15 kyler murray 26 to 38, 286, one touchdown, one pick. He had eight carries, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Kenny Drake had 20 carries, 86 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, eight catches, 68 yards, one touchdown. That's 22 receptions through two games. He has the most receptions in the first two games with a new team in NFL history. So it's looking pretty good that he is going to smash Michael Thomas's record for receptions in a season like I predicted. For Washington, Dwayne Haskins, he was okay. 19-33, 223 through the air, one touchdown. Antonio Gibson, 13 carries. 55 yards and a touchdown. Scary Terry, my boy Terry McLaurin. Seven catches, 125, one touchdown, 10 targets. So it's good to be a Terry McLaurin because, you know, it looks like most of these games, Haskins is going to have a negative game script, so he's going to be throwing all over the place, and Terry McLaurin's the only guy he really trusts. So keep pumping, keep firing. Sounds good to me. Arizona, they're 2-0 for the first time since 2015. This is the sixth time in 30 years they've been 2-0. So this is big, big stuff for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, he became the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to rush for 40-plus yards plus one rushing touchdown in both games to start the season. And now Kyler Murray had 10 straight games with at least one touchdown. So 
Skylar is really great, and I love how a bunch of people were shitting on him because he didn't go play baseball. What? Why would he go play minor league baseball for the A's instead of making millions upon millions of dollars playing in the NFL? What the hell is wrong with you people? So he obviously made the right decision. Kyler is really, really good. He's really, really fun. And he's also only going to get better. So as I said, Arizona, I love this team. I love it. I love it. I love it. And they're making me look really good right now. And I just love every second of it. 2-0, and 2-0, oh, and oh, Arizona Cardinals. Let's go. I will. I picked that one right, so winning. Give me one of those. Next game, the Baltimore Ravens, 33, Houston Texans, 16. Lamar Jackson had somewhat of a pedestrian day, I guess you can call that. He was still great. He was 18-24, 204 yards, one touchdown. He had 16 carries for 54 yards. Gus Edwards, 10 carries, 73 yards. Mark Ingram, 9 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins, Two carries, 48 yards. It just, that offense is just exhausting, man. You could just tell they just beat Houston down in that second half. They just, we're lining up, we're running it, good luck. We're, we're getting six yards a carry. Good fucking luck, man. It's just, once that team gets a lead, man, that's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Unless they turn the ball over, it's over. So you got to get out on them quick. And Bill O'Brien is a, a dipshit. I just let me finish the Ravens with all these stat lines here, and I'll get into Bill O'Brien. So Marquise Brown, he had five catches, 42 yards. Miles Boykin, four catches, 38 yards. Mark Andrews, one catch, two targets. He had 29 yards. Deshaun Watson, 25 of 36, 275, one touchdown, one pick, five carries, 17 yards. He was running for his life all day, as I figured he would on Friday. I said I was really worried about his health coming out of this game. I figured Baltimore was going to make his life living hell with that blitz. David Johnson, the guy that they traded DeAndre Hopkins, a generational talent, a wide receiver for, he had 11 carries, 34 yards. Brandon Cooks, 5 catches, 95 yards. Randall Cobb, 5 catches, 59 yards. Cam Aiken, 7 receptions, 55 yards. It's just, I just don't understand what Houston is doing. And I still don't get it. And, you know, when I got the alert on my phone that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, it's like, what? Why? Why did you do that again? You just... Watson, I mean, you say it every year. I want, man, what would we do if he had a line and a running back? Because you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got one of the best running backs, or you got one of the best wide receivers in football, you got one of the best up and coming young quarterbacks in the league. And what do you do from here? Bill O'Brien goes, ah, fuck that. I'm gonna get a washed running back, and I'm gonna trade DeAndre Hopkins away. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? I just, I don't understand. They just. They traded away his best player and was like, ah, figure it out, man. I just don't get it. Like, how do you put him in a, a place to succeed? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that he signed that contract. But, I mean, it's a short deal, so he's getting his money and he'll end up leaving. But, my God, man, how does Bill O'Brien have all that control for that team? I do not get it, man. He coached that game yesterday. It was, it was a two-possession game with about 10 and change left in the fourth quarter. They're inside Baltimore's 30. It's a fourth and six. He brings a field goal team out and kicks a field goal. Like he's going to get the ball back quick. Are you kidding me? Baltimore's not going to give you the ball back with any time whatsoever to do anything with the ball. And that's exactly what happened. They went on and had a 10-minute drive. Just what are you doing? You know how this team operates. You know how the Ravens do this. They've been running all over you all day. You haven't been able to get them off the field. Why would you take three points there thinking, oh, we'll get the ball back. Don't worry about it. 
fucking idiot. I just don't get it, man. He's a complete idiot. So I'm sorry, Houston fans. It's it's probably really rough to watch this idiot not only wreck your team front office wise, but also coach you out of ball games. So, oh man. But Baltimore, 230 rush yards. Mm. To 75 for Houston. Time of possession, 34-51 to 25-09. I mean, what what are you going to do? Baltimore is 18-3 with 150-plus rushing yards, 18 straight games with 100 yards rushing, 14 straight regular season wins. They have one-plus takeaway in 15 straight games. They have seven defensive touchdowns since 2019. That is the most by far. Houston, they are 4-20 when trailing at the half since 2016. A little bright spot, Deshaun Watson, he became the first player since 1950 with 10,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards in his first 40 games of his career. And Deshaun Watson, he only has two losses in his entire career by more than 14 points. They're both at the hands of Lamar Jackson. So good game for the Ravens, man. And Marcus Peters made one hell of an interception. Great hands. He completely baited Deshaun into that throw. He was sitting on the flat. Deshaun thought he had a wide-open ball. He baited him right into it in a great catch. Diving catch, made made the catch through the ground. Just, that's Marcus Peters, man. He is one of the best gamblers in the league. And it's just, I don't know. I don't, the defense is really good. It's a shame they lost Tavon Young again. He tore his ACL for the second time. and But the defense looks good. And uh, I don't know, man. It's, you got to get a lead. You got to jump out on Baltimore early, man. You have to. You have to, you have to, you have to. And I get what, I mean, I guess I understand what Bill O'Brien was doing there in that very, what was the second drive of the game. He went forward on fourth and three inside his own. He was, what, at his 25? I mean, a horrible play call. Just, you gave Baltimore points, and that's that's it. That's your ball game. And I don't know, this Baltimore team, they're not going to beat themselves. They're not. Unless their office coordinator calls 70 plays with, you know, a record-setting, historic rushing offense. Oh, well, all good. Not bitter about it at all, but Ravens win. They look really good. We get Kansas City. We get Baltimore. Monday Night Football, prime time. Cannot wait. That's going to be such a good fucking game. I'm so excited for that. So Baltimore wins big. Winning. Got that one. This game, what a crazy game this one was. Kansas City, they went 23-20 to in overtime over the Los Angeles Chargers. So this game was pretty weird because... A surprise scratch was Tyrod Taylor. So apparently he had some kind of chest injury pregame. He had difficulty breathing. They took him to the locker room. They evaluated him. Then they sent him to the hospital. He was discharged and fined, but a very, very strange injury. And Justin Herbert was thrown right into the fire, and he looked really good. But Patrick Mahomes, man, it, at one point it was 17 to, what was it, 17 to 6? Yeah, mid-third quarter, and you're kind of like, what? what is going on with the Chiefs here? But Mahomes turned it on. He finished the day with 27 to 47, 302 yards, two touchdowns, six carries, 54 yards. Tyreek Hill, five receptions, 59 yards, a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, nine receptions and a touchdown. As I was talking about, Justin Herbert, he looked really good. 22 of 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one pick, run, one rushing touchdown. Austin Eckler. Hey, leave it. Rain, leave it. Sorry, my co-host is trying to eat my table. Rain. Yeah. Who else am I talking to? Yeah. Anyway, Austin Eckler, 16 carries, 93 yards. He added four receptions for 55 yards. Keenan Allen, seven receptions, 96 yards. Hunter Henry, six receptions, 83 yards. Chargers, they led in every statistical category. They had to lead 17-6 through the mid-third. Just, it's a bad loss for the Chargers, and... It's just a really bad loss. They should have won this game. 
Harrison Bucker, he hit the game winner in overtime. He made three straight 50-yard-plus field goals. So, kind of Anthony Lynn, man, you got to go for it on fourth down in overtime. You cannot give Mahomes the ball back. You have to at least go for it. It was stupid coaching. He coached like a coward. He should have went for it. I mean, even if you don't get it, you're going to lose it regardless. No matter what way you give Mahomes the ball, you're going to fucking lose. And he just he just went out like a coward. And it's kind of frustrating because you should have gave Herbert a chance. The way he was playing, the way that offense was going, the confidence that they had, you should have let him go. And he punted and you lost the game. Mahomes, he's now completed more than 50% of his passes in every start he's had, all 38 of them. So guy's a goddamn machine. Mahomes 9 and 0, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions in September. He's now 13 and 1 versus the AFC West in his career. Again, the guy's a machine. He was made in some kind of government lab or something. It's not even fair. He's probably the most talented quarterback that has ever lived. That touchdown he had to Tyreek Hill was absolutely insane. Probably him and Aaron Rodgers are the only players in NFL history who could have made that throw. Just on the run, jumping in the air, 60 yards on a rope perfectly in the bucket to Tyreek Hill. Just absolutely insane arm talent. It's just, it's not even fair for Patrick Mahomes. And he's still learning how to read defenses. So good luck, everybody. I, I don't know what you do to stop this guy. Again, I only thing that's going to stop him is some kind of injury or he gets kidnapped or something like that or Andy Reid benches him. That's the only way you're going to stop this guy. Justin Herbert, though, he he was really good. I can't stop gushing about this guy. I kind of bashed them when they made the pick for Justin Herbert. I kind of thought it was a you know a reach. I didn't think Herbert was going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken, but Herbert, he became the first quarterback with one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, the first half of their debut since 1954. Regardless of all that and how well Herbert played and how well the offense looked, Tyrod Taylor is still going to be your starter, according to Anthony Lynn. So I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, you already threw Herbert in the fire. You might as well just keep going. Uh, just It doesn't make sense to go back to Tyrod. I don't know. But he's still day-to-day, week-to-week with that chest injury. Anthony Lynn, them, they have no idea what's going on with it. I was reading someone just before I started recording. He's going to try and wear a flak jacket this week and try and see if that'll help him start. But I don't know. It's a very strange injury. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's very confusing. But Anthony Lynn, he's going to stick with Tyrod. I just, I don't understand it. I picked the Chiefs on that one, so give me that one. Winning. Yep. And then Sunday Night Football. Man, what a, this was a really good game. I would, I'd be happy to have this in February as the Super Bowl matchup. Seattle wins 35-30 to over the New England Patriots. This one was really good. Came down to the last second. Cam, everyone in the building knew that Cam was running it there from the two-yard line with two seconds left. I mean, uh, Seattle essentially ran a field goal block. And, you know, I, I thought it was kind of a stupid play. They probably could have drawn up something a little bit better if you're Josh McDaniels. You're an offensive guru and everything. But uh, you put the ball in Cam's hand. He got you to that point. So, I guess... You might as well just put the most dangerous weapon inside the fives the past like decade back there, you know, try and give you a chance. But the play didn't have a chance. They blew it up immediately. Cam tried to dive in and he was not even close. So really, really fun game. Russell Wilson on the night. He was 21 of 28. The efficiency he has is absolutely insane. He had five touchdowns. He had one pick. His first pick was a, a his first throw was an interception. Greg Olson, ball was a little high, deflected. Devin McCourty takes it, goes to the house. Russell Wilson also had five carries, 39 yards. Chris Carson, 17 carries, 72 yards. He had three receptions, 36 yards, and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, four receptions, 92 yards, and a long touchdown over Stephon Gilmore. Him and Stephon Gilmore were getting into it all night. They were shoving, holding, wrestling each other. There was a skirmish there. 
on the sideline of those two get into each other. So they were they were in each other's face all night. Tyler Lockett, seven receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. David Moore, three receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Seattle looked really good. Wilson does literally everything for him. And if Russ just has one just mediocre game, Seattle's going to lose. He has to be absolutely perfect for them to win. It's still insane that he does. He's never had an MVP vote. That that stat still blows my mind after looking it up on Friday. It's it's absolutely nuts. And after watching that game last night, I just I don't see how that's possible. But Cameron Newton, man, he looked he looked good, dude. 30, 30 for forty four, three hundred ninety seven yards, a touchdown, one interception. He had eleven carries, forty seven yards, and two touchdowns. He looked good, man. He was letting the ball go down the field. Him and Julian Edelman look like they are really clicking. Edelman had eight receptions, 179 yards, a career high. I mean, Demaris Bird, six receptions, 72 yards. Nikhil Harry, eight receptions, 72 yards. The run game was just pathetic besides Cam. Sony Michelle looked like his old self. Vintage Sony Michelle, seven carries, 19 yards. Rex Burkhead, six carries, two goddamn yards. So it was just, you know, the offense was bad and then cam kind of just made a wow play where it got them going and that was the entire game it was two quarterbacks just doing literally everything possible to get their team a win and that was so much fun and please sign me up in february if that's going to be the super bowl matchup i will happily take that man but wilson he passed big ben and tom brady for the second most wins in the his first nine seasons with 87 old sneaky pete he moves to 3-1 now versus the Hoodie, and Russell Wilson moves to 7-2 career versus Cam Newton, including the playoffs. Wilson, he has nine touchdowns so far in two games this season. New England, they have seven passing touchdowns total over the last seven games, including the playoffs. So Russell Wilson is just, he's absolutely insane, man. He is, he is way, he's just so goddamn good, man. Cam Newton, he set the NFL record with eight career two-plus rushing touchdown games. Cam, he was really great, and I'm just I'm so happy he's back, and I'm happy he looks really good. And McDaniel's in the offense; they're still adding wrinkles, they're still trying to do more stuff. And I think I think they're a playmaker away. And you know, if you're New England, do you do you send a pick over to Cincinnati for AJ Green? Maybe. It's it's tough, but they need they need another kind of guy. You know, Julian Edelman's great and all, but they need another dude. And I I don't I don't know what they do. They kind of need a little more punch um, in the passing game. But I mean, Nikhil Harry looks really good. Um, I don't know New England. New England's they proved to me that they are one of the better teams in the AFC. And the way they played Seattle last night, you know, they could have packed it in at a couple different points, but Cam wasn't going to allow that to happen. And this was a really fun game, and it was tough to keep my attention on the Lakers game because I was watching one on my phone, one on the television, and I was just – I could not take my eyes off the screen, man. If I, if you blinked, you missed something special by both these quarterbacks. So, man, what a fun game. I did pick New England on that one, so – Just stupid idiots. I know. I suck. I had two I had two losses this week. I went 12-2 and two on my pick, so – that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. I'm 21 and 8 overall so far, so I'll take that. I will take that. So let's get to the bum, the shitty part of this one where we talk about all these goddamn injuries. Oh my god, man! People were dropping like flies yesterday, and not even just people, like big, big names. We talked about Saquon, Torres ACL. That was a huge hit. Christian McCaffrey, man, he's going to be out four to six weeks per Ian Rappaport with an ankle injury. 
rough, man. Just rough, rough, rough. It just gets even worse for the Carolina Panthers. Drew Locke, he sprained his AC joint. He's going to be out two to six weeks, so that means we're going to get more Jeff Driscoll. And bad news for Cortland Sutton. He's been banged up, and he tore his ACL. MRI confirmed today, so big, big hit for your boy's fantasy team here. Had to drop him like a, a bad habit, so that's really cool. Tyrod. I was talking about week to week with a chest injury, so I I still don't understand what that one is. It's very weird, and they haven't really talked about it in depth, so I don't know. I mentioned Tavon Young tore his ACL. Malik Hooker for the Colts, he tore his Achilles, unfortunately. And Paris Campbell, dodge a bullet on that one. They they just they were fearing to God that it was an ACL tear that he had, but it's just a PCL sprain. He'll be out for a couple weeks. Same thing with Caleb McGarry, MCL sprain. He's only going to be out for a week. They really thought Atlanta thought that was going to be a tear, a tore ACL. So they dodged a bullet on that one. Washington dodged a bullet with Brandon Shreve. They thought he tore his ACL well, but he just did a little MCL sprain. He's going to be out a few weeks. Rashad Perriman, high ankle sprain. He's going to be out week to week. Some good news on the injury front. Chris Godwin is out of concussion protocol, and he is a full go for week three against Denver. I just saw Anthony Barr. He is out for the season as well for Minnesota. It's just a lot of injuries are just going to keep flying through, and I'm sure once I edit this and put this out, there's going to be more news that people are flying down. I just... uh, it's crazy, man, and a lot of people are saying, you know, they should have had preseason. I, I don't know if that would make that much of a difference, man. I don't know if the preseason or non-preseason really made that much of a difference. I think this is just one of those things that shit's going to happen, man, and we haven't seen it with injuries of this much star power, and, you know, I, I don't... I don't know, man. It just sucks, and I hope this isn't a trend for the rest of the year. I mean, I didn't even mention—I already mentioned before. Nick Bosa's out. Solomon Thomas is out. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert. Like these are some names, and it just—it just sucks that they went down. And I don't know. Hopefully, we can get a clean bill of health the rest of the way, and they kind of got this out. I mean, I didn't even mention Michael Thomas, who's getting playing tonight. He's not going to play tonight. He's out, and they're not sure if he's going to play next week against Green Bay either. So, I mean, there's some big guys who aren't playing. This is. This is, this is this is really shitty, man, and uh, I don't know, man. It kind of bummed me out yesterday. It was kind of like there were some good football games, and I was just like, damn, man, Saquon really blew his knee out. And then Christian McCaffrey went down. You're like, damn, four to six weeks without Christian McCaffrey. Like, that sucks. Oh, man. Oh, well. So that was week two in the National Football League. We had the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Denver Broncos 26 to 21. Tennessee Titans, they win 33 to 30. Tampa Bay, they win 31 to 17. Golf and the LA Rams, they travel to the Eastern Time Zone and they win 37 to 19. The San Francisco 49ers and their skeleton crew win 31 to 13 over the New York Jets. Bills Mafia, they win 31 to 28 over Miami. Indianapolis, they beat Minnesota 28-11. to Green Bay, they win 42-21. to Dallas, just an insane comeback, an absolute blunder by the Falcons. They win 40-39. to Chicago, they win 17-13 over the Giants. Arizona, they win 30-15 to over the Washington football team. I got it right that time. Baltimore, they win 33-16 to over Houston. Kansas City, they, they win 23-20 over the L.A. Chargers. And Seattle wins Sunday night football 35-30 to with a goal line stand against Cam Newton and with two seconds to go. So really great game. Really, really fun. And um, oh, someone is calling me. Cool. I'll call you back. So then we got Monday night tonight. We got Monday night football. We got New Orleans versus the Las Vegas Raiders. They're opening that new giant cathedral in Las Vegas. 
So a stat real quick about that. Teams are 6-3 and three in their home openers at a new stadium since 1970. The Raiders actually have two of those wins. They are 2-0 and oh in, in such games. New Orleans, they haven't allowed an individual 100-yard rusher in 44 straight games. So it might be some tough sledding for Josh Jacobs, but he gets really involved in the passing game, so he should still make a difference. Derek Carr, five touchdowns, six picks, and five career Monday night games. Drew Brees, he is 8-2 following a sub-200-yard passing game like he had last week. And in those games, he has 30 touchdowns and 6 picks. So, oof. L.A. had a tough time stopping Teddy Bridgewater. So, I can only imagine what Drew Brees is going to do. No Michael Thomas. So, this is really interesting. And the Raiders, they've only won one game by more than one score under John Gruden. And he, John Gruden's been there since 2018. That's insane, man. They are playing close if they win a game, it's by the skin of their teeth. So, man, uh, this game could be a good one. Um, I don't think it is. I'm picking New Orleans by 10, at least 10. Alvin Kamara is going to go crazy. They had a really tough time containing Christian McCaffrey last week. They had a really tough time just stopping anything at all. So, And New Orleans' defense looked really good against Tampa Bay. So this is probably going to be a rough night for Derek Carr. I'm going to New Orleans by at least 10. So that's it. That's that's the pod for this week. This is a long one. I just kept going and going and going and going, huh? So Wednesday's pod, we'll get into the Monday Night Football recap, and then we'll get mostly into some NBA. I, I could talk another hour about the Los Angeles Lakers last night. What, what a goddamn win. What a fucking win. And I can't wait to get into that. I can't wait to get into Boston and Miami. You know, they're off until Wednesday. Wednesday night will be their game three. Huge, huge comeback for Boston to stay in this series. Or game four is Wednesday. Sorry, they won game three Saturday night. Just a big win for them. Still have some issues closing out games in the fourth quarter. All good. But, you know, they're back in this series. And I, I said Boston in six. So it's still alive. We'll see. And then we'll talk more about Lakers, Nuggets, and then we'll preview Thursday Night Football with my boy Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania versus the Miami Dolphins. So that one is going to be yikes. Um, if you don't have any fantasy football kind of ramifications in that one, that's going to be a, a tough sell. But I got you, Raj. I am going to sell the shit out of this game for you. Just send the check in the mail. So that's going to be it for me. Before I close this out, if anybody who is listening is a graphic designer or you know anybody who is one, please email me at thetomshifflepod at gmail.com. I'm looking to create a new logo for the show. I tried doing it this weekend. I am a complete dipshit with all these programs I downloaded and I paid for, and I'm just not very good at it. So I'm asking for some help from somebody else. If somebody could, please help me out. Email the pod at thetomshifflepod at gmail.com. And also, if anyone is listening who has a podcast or you know someone who does, also email me. I'm trying to network. I'm trying to collab with some more people, and it doesn't have to just be sports. I, I don't care what it is. I'm just trying to get out there, do some different things, go on some kind of like podcast, kind of like tour, and just like just get my name out there to new listeners. I feel like that's the only way this thing is really going to move. So please, if you know anybody, hit me up. If you know any graphic designers or you are one, please, please holler at your boy because I am just I'm struggling here, <laughs> graphic design wise. So. That's it for me. I'm going to close this Monday out. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. Make sure, oh, sorry. Make sure to like, rate, and review after every single episode. What the hell are you doing, man? 40 episodes and you still can't get the close out right? Come on. That's why nobody's listening. Get it together, dude. 
I know. Sorry. Anyway, enjoy your Monday Night Football. I will talk to you on Wednesday. See ya. Yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Are you